You're listening to a Toonami Faithful Podcast exclusive, Jason DeMarco's State of Toonami Address for 2015. Hello and welcome, faithful listeners. Ha, huh, faithful listeners. I am your host, Sketch, and I have with me my co-host, Paul Pascrillo. Hello. And we have been joined by Jason DeMarco. Hello. Well, Jason, this is uh, this is the first time I've had a chance to chat with you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, quote-unquote meet you. Yeah. <laughs> are we really meeting? I mean, our voices are yeah. meeting, but... Ah, close enough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely closer than tweeting at each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so big changes going on at Toonami, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they seem bigger to viewers than they do to us, but they're definitely big changes, no doubt about that. Uh, it seemed like this was pretty sudden, but did you kind of see it coming? Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, you know, I, I'll I'll talk about it as much as I think I can without sort of talking about stuff I'm not allowed to talk about. But basically, we, you know, it was pretty clear that the month of movies kind of killed a lot of momentum. Uh, we were hoping that with a couple new movies mixed in with the movies that had done well last year, um, that that would help sustain because usually viewing patterns, the month of December, particularly over holidays in general are disrupted. So generally it doesn't make good business sense to blow a new episode of a show over a period of time where, you know, markedly less people will be watching anyway. So that's kind of why we do movies on holidays because usually you're not going to be pulling in as many viewers anyway. And you want to put something in where you have, you know, you have an opportunity to change it up basically. And so uh, we had these movies and they didn't really cost us much of anything. So it was like, why not try this? But in retrospect, um, you know, we just lost a lot of momentum. Now we might've still lost, that momentum probably less we might have still lost that momentum even with the same lineup but generally uh we think that hurt and then coming back you know unfortunately we thought we were hoping attack on titan was going to be one of those shows that can rerun uh and do okay but it just unfortunately proved it wasn't and i think the network had their eye on it as a possible something to you know have to change pretty early on and then you know, the bottom, the, the back half of the of the night, the bottom just fell out. And um, there's a ton of reasons why in the past years they might have just ridden it out and they can't right now. Um, but basically they just said, hey, we got to make a change. And, you know, um, just kind of, you know, obviously it was a last minute thing. It was sort of like, okay, listen, we got to do this. And they just asked us, can you you know, can you handle this that quickly? And we just said, yeah, of course. So that's how it all went down. Now, does that does that necessarily mean that movies are gone? Or um, I, Look, I would say it's unlikely you're going to see movies too often anymore because the problem with movies, and it's really the problem with any movie on Adult Swim, not just Toonami. So, like, it's one thing if you have a robot chicken special, but you don't see adults some licensing of movies often because it costs a lot of money and you only get to run it once or a couple times at most. And then it's gone. And it's just as an investment as, as a cable company, like if you're a cable network, you're either going to go buy a library, like you're going to go to MGM and say, I want to license the MGM library. And then for X number of years, 
you have X number of plays of X number of movies. And it even gets specific. Like you can play men in black five times. You have five plays of men in black, like, you know, like that. That's why you'll see like USA network will run a movie. And then two weeks later, FX will run the same movie. That's because the rights for that library switched over. And so before USA lost the rights, they run the movie. So they get their last play. And when FX got the rights, they run the movie because they're like, Oh yay, this will do well. So for adult swim, we actually operated a far lower budget than most of those types of networks. So movies, unless they're part of a library deal, like the Funimation deal, don't make financial sense. Like if we're going to invest money, we only have a little bit of money. We want to invest money in a show because we can build an audience with a show over several weeks. And ultimately that's a smarter decision for ratings. So I don't say movies will never be back, but I will say, not anytime soon, unless something, you know, it's TV, things change all the time, things could change tomorrow. Like that's, that's something I think a lot of people have trouble understanding. They want consistency. And just television is not a consistency medium. It's, it's other than uh, here's episodes of a new show till they run out. Every other thing about TV is pretty much up for grabs and totally dependent on how many people are watching at any given day. So uh, there are no absolutes. But I think for now, probably not a lot of movies are going to be coming. That's fair. I actually I really like having a steady lineup the majority of the year and having a movie every once in a while is a nice treat, if you will. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it is for us, too. Like, we love doing it. And we and, you know, uh, normally I mean, the movies only perform about half the time. But essentially, it's not that big of a deal as long as we're not having sort of a ratings crisis, which I think the network felt that they were. You had a, but, a lot of abrupt changes towards the end of last year, and that was unfortunate. Yeah, yep. I mean, that slowed momentum. You know, it's one, it's um, it's sort of just, I guess, one of the unfortunate side effects of working for a gigantic corporation where people aren't always talking that we get a phone call like, oh, you know, this is gone next week. And we're like, what? You know, no one tells us, no one told Kim Manning, our head of programming, no one told, I mean, like it's such a big company when a show has, when a show's done airing, it's essentially forgotten by lawyers and people that it even exists. And usually it's somehow uh, an issue comes up. Somebody goes, Oh yeah, we, we just sold this right. Or we wrote it off or we, whatever. And they don't think about, they can't even they don't even imagine the possibility that it might be airing because there may be a lawyer that works on five different networks and they can't possibly know every show that's on they just know this show got canceled or this show is finished with its run so they're assuming it's not on the air anymore because maybe it wasn't for a while so then that's how that kind of stuff happens it's it's messy and we hate it and we and you know it definitely messed with us losing clone wars all of a sudden you know <laughs> and what happened with Batman? I mean, like, you know, we do our best to make sure fans get to finish things out. But like, obviously, we just that's one of the reasons the back half of Toonami was so hard to maintain, because you can't really justify that the network should spend lots of money during hours where during the least watched hours of television, you know, period. So you have to make do with what's in the library. And then when we kept losing, you know, Symbiotic Titan, Thundercats, like, you know, every time we would put something in, we would lose it. And eventually we just ran out of things to put in there. And I really don't blame viewers for not wanting to show up for the umpteenth rerun of Ghost in the Shell 
or even an HD Bebop because it's just, it's four in the morning and likely anyone who's wanted to see those shows has seen them. So we totally get it. Like we weren't, you know, the people that are screaming at us, like, why didn't you put this in there? It's like, it's kind of out of our hands. Um, you run, you don't, you know, you only have so much money and you have to spend it on the earlier parts of the night where the most eyeballs are like, that's just sort of common sense. And so we did our best with the back half, but I got to tell you guys, it was sort of a relief for us because it was like we were juggling 10 balls in the air and just, you know, this now I feel like the lineup is like now we can have six, you know, now we can have three and a half hours of, of solid premieres. Like every show will be, if not new to adult swim or new to television, like any, anything we put in there now is going to be not a rerun pretty much except for, well, I guess dead man's the only thing now. And even that only ran once like several years back. So it's like, at least now we're tight enough that I think more people would be willing to sit through the whole block and it's going to be all premieres. Now, whether or not people like that, I'm sure we'll still see fluctuations, whether people like a certain show or don't like another, but it just feels to us that to, to we that are working on tsunami, this feels not at all like it's been perceived, which is, Oh no, we're in trouble where the ship's going down. Like, that is not in any way how we're thinking of it. We are like, oh, good. Now we're getting sleeker. You know, I mean, um, going all the way back to when Toonami first started, when we did three hours and then just re-ran three hours, that was sort of our original plan. We always felt like six hours was just too much to try to maintain. And we only did it because the network asked us to, not because we felt like six hours made sense. And then we just, we're doing it, you know, and when we're told to do something, we try to work it out as best we can for the fans and for the network. Um, and so to us, this actually isn't a big problem because it's not going to result in our budget being smaller. It's not going to result in us being able to get less new shows. It's not going to result in less uh, content that we can create and put in the block it literally has no downside for us other than there are disappointed fans, which we don't ever like to do. Um, but as far as just the lives of the people who work on Tsunami, it's going to make our lives a little easier. It's not going to change that much, but it makes us, it gives us a little bit less to work on so we can focus on the stuff we are working on. And we don't lose anything in terms of budget. We're, we're not, we're not like, it's not like we're on a death watch, like nothing like that is going on. So um, I talked and talked and talked, so I should stop talking. <laughs> That's really reassuring. Uh, something I've kind of always wondered about, say, the 5 a.m. hour, were there content restraints for that particular hour? Um, you know, more than the rest of the night, just because you're leading into Cartoon Network starting, and, you know, you can't, like, go from Helsing uh, Ultimate to, oh, definitely you, know, you know, to, to like... <laughs> you know, gum, gum, yeah you can't go to, from that to gumball like you're just gonna so we try we always tried to have that hour be something that if a kid was up too early waiting getting ready to go to school that whatever they were seeing wasn't going to be like you know shock their family like it would you know so that it, i wouldn't call it a restriction but it was something we you know there's a reason that inuyasha and like Samurai Jack and Clone Wars. There's a reason those shows were in that hour. It's because it, you want to transition smoothly 
into Cartoon Network, um, you know, as best you can. Well, I completely agree. I was just thinking because on the other nights of Adult Swim, usually you start with King of the Hill or you end with King of the Hill, which is a nice PG show. Maybe kids right. don't like it so much, but it's nothing that parents are going to go, ah! <laughs> right, right. That's exactly right. I mean, it's a nice transition from Cartoon Network, and it's a nice transition into Cartoon Network. And yeah, it's not something that's going to have jokes that offend people. It's a family show. Um, it's just that some of the comedy and jokes are going to be older, and are, you know, they're going to skew older, and younger kids aren't going to get them. But it's not going to have anything offensive, which, you know, we have to consider being that we share network space with a, a network that's, you know, targeted to six to 11 year olds. I pulled a few people that I knew specifically who had some particular questions, uh, kind sure. of in regarding the process of doing things. Uh, Matt Caraturo, uh, he mm -hmm. was wondering, when did Adult Swim stop using tapes? Uh <laughs> A long time ago, uh, Turner as a, it, it, it was Turner as a whole that stopped. Uh, if you recall, you may or may not recall, but Star Wars Clone Wars, the original first premiere of the CG series, was the first show broadcast in HD on Cartoon Network or Adult Swim. Mm -hmm. And by that point, we had moved pretty much away from tapes. So basically um, around the time you went HD. Yeah, yeah, or shortly thereafter. It was a huge, expensive, time-consuming shift that took forever. And there are still tapes that exist that have to be converted to digital files. But for, for the most part now, it's all digital files being um, sent back and forth. So tape, as it used to exist in television, is largely a thing of the past. Well, that's cool. So I imagine it would be significantly faster to get a change done to a show coming up rather than it would have been uh, in prior when, yeah. when something may have gone wrong and you need to fix it the very next week. It's a lot more feasible now. Yeah, it's, it, it is faster in some ways, but not as much. It didn't change things as much as you would think. I mean, Digibetas or, you know, HD cam, you know, the, all those types of formats were pretty, I mean, it got to, you know, they were pretty flexible in terms of how quickly you could get to a point on the tape and do what you wanted. It, you know, really now it's just, um, it's just more network processes that, that make you have to take your time with things. Yeah. I mean, it is much easier to get a digital file. If you have a T3 connection, you just zip down whatever you're working on. And if everything's working and there's no software crashes, then you're great. Now, the one good thing tapes had was that unless the tape machine wasn't working, you press play, you get the visual, and you know what's on the tape because it's all been magnetically coded. But with a digital file, it's like, oh, the file's corrupted. Oh, it's downloading too slow. Oh, the network's down. Oh, my hard drive crashed. So there's still technical issues you run into. Um, so it's like if everything's working as it should, it's way faster than it used to be. But everything doesn't always work as it should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, often enough, uh, the whole openings situation becomes a point of uh, contention. Uh, yeah. Am I correct in thinking that if you wanted to do custom openings for every show, that would mean you would have to cut the openings off of every tape? And that seems like it would take a long time. Yeah, I mean, the, the, they still deliver the shows. Uh, 
even if they're delivered as files, they're delivered as pieces. So you're still talking about a human being having to manually make an edit for every single episode of a show that delivers because it's all together. So even if it's a file or a tape, because sometimes we still get tapes from for some of these older shows, and there's just not enough man hours to do that. So what we have to do sometimes is ask the distributor to cut a shorter open, or sometimes we just, you know, leave the open. Like, it, it's different for every, like I said before, TV is a messy medium. Every deal is different. Every show is different. Every distributor is different. Everybody has a different um, scenario that we have to deal with. And when we're doing, you know, now it's going to be six shows, um, you know, before it was 13 shows. Uh, it's just, it's too much for a staff of seven people to really be able to effectively manage it all. Like at a certain point we can't do literally everything completely tailored, which is what we would prefer. Um, but you just, you know, there's some stuff you got to let go of and, uh, opens are something that we don't have the airtime to air the full opens and closes for every show. If we were to do that, we would have to remove Tom and all the elements that make Toonami Toonami and then not do a music video or a game review or any of the other stuff every week. So you would literally just have clean shows running, which I'm sure some people would prefer, but then you would not call it Toonami. You would call it Adult Swim Action or you would call it the anime block or something else, but it's not Toonami. One time you told me that you had kind of a, a time bank for ad space. Uh, how has mm -hmm. your contraction in hours affected that if at all it hasn't affected it at all because it's like you know now it's just we have a time bank for over three hours instead of six so really it just means we have we have to manage it a little more tightly but generally we're still gonna if you it's it's an aggregate of like the whole week's time or in the whole day so it's like it's hard to explain but it's like a constantly shifting target so every day something will change and it'll be like, oh, we have an extra, you know, minute of fill time. Okay, cool. We'll run that thing again. Or, oh, we'll pull this extra thing. Or then sometimes it's like, oh, man, we don't have that. We can't give you that extra time. Okay, well, we'll only run that once. You know, I mean, it's like it's different every week, basically. Every single week we meet with our guys in program production and they tell us, okay, here's what the schedule looks like. Here's how much time you have. And we have to sort of, they can generally tell us how much we have but they only get specific that week. And then sometimes it will even change the day before or the day of, and we just have to make last minute substitutions. So yeah, that isn't really going to change. And we're still, like I said, we'll still have time to do a goodie every week. It's like what we, you know, almost every single week we have a new thing. We try to always hit that goal. We're still going to have time for that. We're still going to have time for our, you know, Toonami packaging and our Toonami open and stuff like that. Uh, none of that is going to change as a result of this schedule shortening. If I may ask a follow-up to that, um, will that affect any, like, for example, um, you guys have done a lot of things with Xbox, um, a lot of things. Uh, you done you did uh, Wreck-It Ralph was yeah. the other one. Will it affect those kinds of things or? No, I don't think so. I mean, as my, my uh, you know, Toonami remains a viable uh, sponsorship opportunity for, for sponsors. Um, they like it. Our sales department likes it. Toonami's made a lot of money for the networks over the years and definitely over the last couple of years, too. 
And so uh, I, I, I don't see that going away anytime soon. You know, I mean, obviously we're hoping uh, Intruder 2 becomes a sponsorable opportunity for somebody. And we have had interest from several different partners. So my hope is that that gets sponsored. Um, but even if it doesn't, we still, we have, we have plenty of, like, we're not in any trouble in that regard. Well, since you brought up Intruder 2. <laughs> oh, I knew he was going to go there eventually. <laughs> we're all we're all very excited for Intruder Two and chomping at the bit now. <laughs> well, it's going to be uh, it's definitely going to be 2015, but it's going to be probably towards the end of 2015, not the end end like I don't well, I don't think like December, but it's going to be the back half of 2015. Um, we are diligently working, and uh, we have the story completely laid out. We have the comic tying into the story, and we have some other really cool things that I can't talk about yet that are going to happen at the same time. And all I can say is, uh, Tsunami is definitely not not going to be the same when it's over. Mm. Mm. You keep saying so, that, and we keep wondering it, what it means. Yeah. Well, I uh, I still can't give much more detail. You know, I think we're going to, you know, my hope is that uh, we'll be doing MomoCon. My hope is that we will be able to tell people some more specific detail uh, in MomoCon and maybe even show a little something. We're, we're working towards that goal. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, the reason that um, – there hasn't been a Tom and Sarah series, and the reason that we haven't done a bunch of these is because doing good-looking CGI is really hard and expensive, and we don't have a lot of money, so that just means it takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are, we are begging, borrowing, and stealing to make this happen, and that's why I say I hope a sponsor comes on board because if they do, that changes the scope. We can spend a little more money, and the story opens up a little more, but either way, it's going to be, I think fun and exciting and uh, i am excited about it for sure sweet you know i'm i'm all good with a with a fall intruder too because that that's tradition the immersion events were always in september that's true you're right i didn't even think about that (laughs) (laughs) i was just thinking about oh we have so much to do damn it Uh, now he's gonna change but but yeah no it's like the goal. It's 2015 this year. We promise. That's all I can say. All right. As long yeah. as it's not the Duke Nukem Forever of events. <laughs> nah, nah. The com- I get it with the comic. People I keep asking, but frankly, the comic's not that important. Like we were doing that as a lark, and once we knew we were doing Intruder Two, it was stupid not to tie them together. And then so that meant the whole comic had to change. So it's like you know uh, I'm. This is a different scenario from the comic. This is an on-air event that is a big deal for us and everyone else. So uh, we really can't do it any other time but 2015. We need to do it this year. Hmm. It's a lot to drink in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's yeah. pretty much the same as we've been saying. But Yeah. Have a couple of... Uh possible topic starters from Duelist G, our, our buddy who collects Toonami music and, and stuff like that. Cool. And uh, his first question is uh, how about some Tom figures we can buy? 
Man, I wish. I mean, like, you know, the T-shirts are something I never thought would happen and are doing really well, and there's going to be more. You know, they already announced the hoodies and in, in the in the in the baseball caps, and that's a really good sign. Um, and I'm hoping eventually we find somebody who wants to make a Tom figure, and we even explored making a bunch of little uh, 3D printed Tom figures, but they just didn't come out right. And we, we weren't happy with the results. So um, it's still something we would think about, but I mean, we barely have the money to make Toonami run every week in the way that we want it to be and look good, let alone money for something like that. So a partner would have to come to us and say, Hey, we want to make Tom toys and sell them. And that hasn't happened yet. So if, and when that happens, we are a hundred percent on board. It's not because we don't want to do it. It's just because, um, we haven't, we don't have the money to explore that option on our own and no one has come to us and said, Hey, can we make toys? And if anyone wants to call us, let us know. <laughs> I, I can't help but feel like it would be rather ironic if the company toy Nami came knocking on your door. <laughs> that would require them actually trying to help Tsunami instead of just profiting off of our name. But uh, I'd be I'd be I'd be happy if Toy Nami wanted to put out Toonami toys, because at least then it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Toy Nami fans. Evident last time I talked trash about Toy Nami on Twitter, a bunch of people cried in their beer about it. So um, no offense to you Toy Nami fans, but as a creator of Toonami, I've always found it a little suspect. <laughs> <laughs> imitation is the highest form of flattery right i know well people were telling me oh it's a coincidence i was like come on man they, and what did you think of things. four kids tunes i block uh i mean you know people don't like it when i say this but i'm gonna say it anyway uh, i look i get why and i was excited by the idea that jetix and tunes and like all these blocks of action cartoons appeared because of Toonami's success and people trying to replicate it or to just make their own version of it. I actually think that's great. I just think nobody did it as well as we did, and that depressed me, and nobody was able to make it last as long as we have, and I find that depressing. And I think most of them, and I don't feel any ego about this, I know most of them did not have the heart put into them that Toonami does and did and always will just because you can tell from watching it. If you make television, you know when people care and when people don't. And most of those blocks, the people making it were doing a job and trying to appeal to kids and rock and roll and make it exciting and cool and, and talk to kids like every other TV <laughs> network has always talked to kids. Like, you're stupid, buy toys. And I just don't. We never did that and we never will. Oh, please so, do a voiceover I, I, of a promo doing that voice someday. Yeah, please, yes. <laughs> I, but, I, but I mean, I, but again, to be clear, I don't begrudge them for doing that. I don't begrudge Toon's Eye. I don't begrudge Jetix. I can't even name all the other ones, but there have been a bunch. I don't like any of those names. I think nobody came up with a really good – Jetix is actually probably the best name, and I don't even like that name, but it's better than all the others. Uh, so, yeah, I view them – I don't view them all as tsunami imitations – I view them as inspired by Toonami or trying to capitalize on Toonami, depending on what network and how they did with it. But I, I don't disdain them. I just sort of look at it like, well, they're not here. We are. That's a very good point. I actually have a question since we're talking about TV. Um, 
Funimation's doing these broadcast dubs, and a lot of people have been asking, you know, could we see something like that? I guess people relate it to Space Dandy, even though I think that's a little bit different, but do you foresee that maybe happening at some point, or would you like that to happen? I mean, I would like that to happen. I would like for people to simulcast dubs more, yeah. And if Funimation does that, uh, I think that's incredible because that allows us to do what we did with Space Dandy and have something premiere much closer to the Japanese premiere and not have it be, you know, not have it be like, oh, I saw this four months ago, lame, you know, like (laughs) it's better to, when you're showing something in the U.S., it's better to make it as new as what, I mean, look, if, if, if the last couple months and weeks of ratings have told us anything, and it's a no-brainer. I mean, I get armchair quarterbacks tell me this all the time, and they're right. New shows get better ratings. So, like, we, you know, we would love to get new shows, and especially if they're dubbed quickly and cheaply, that's amazing. And there's no reason they can't because the technology is different. They don't have, you know, it dubbing is hard. Good dubs are hard to make. Uh, even bad dubs are hard to make. Dubs are hard work to do. Uh and, you know, the technology now has made it so that it can tur- be turned around way faster than it used to be. And I am excited. I hope more people follow Funimation's lead. I hope everybody does it because I don't – because, frankly, I think that's going to be what the market requires eventually. Eventually, people are going to not care if something came out, you know, a year ago and they saw it on Crunchyroll or whatever other format. You know, they've watched the whole show three times over. They're not going to care if it gets to TV in English. Hmm. So I, I just think, I think it's inevitable. And I also think it's a good thing. I think it should have happened a long time ago. I like that trend going forward. I, I think it's very important to push that angle. I, yeah, I do. I do too. If you want your content globalized, you have to work, you have to work harder, faster to get it globalized faster because that's what people expect. Maybe maybe we should talk to Sunrise about that. Well, (laughs) if you can if you can talk to him and convince him that you know you'd be doing us a favor. Hey, if I if I had if I had a direct line to them, I would because there's some things I'm just sitting there going, where are they? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, agree. Uh, Same here. Mm. I'm sure. Well, All Lost Star is definitely one of those shows where I'm like, where did it go? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, we 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 don't know either. <sighs> but um, speaking about older shows, um, and I'm thinking more shows like, um, for example, we just did a poll, and a lot of people seem to want to see Yu Yu Hakusho and Outlaw Star be resurrected, so to speak, and put mm-hmm. on the block if mm-hmm. it's possible to do it. Would you guys still do that with this three? three and a half hour block or is that kind of out of the question at the moment no i don't think it's out of the question i mean you know somebody has to come along and the opportunity has to present itself and we can't and again we have to stay focused on spending actual money on newer shows uh, because no matter how well outlaw Outlaw star might do pretty good because people really like it and if it's remastered i think it would have a i personally think it would have a shot of doing pretty well but I also think, is it going to do as well as a brand new episode of a new show? No. That's that's probably not, you know, probably not. So then it, again, with us, every single decision, because we are still, our budget's better than it used to be, but it's still minuscule. So every decision is a 
cost benefit analysis. And as far as Yu Yu Hakusho, the only issue with that show is it's got tons and tons of episodes, and we've already got, you know, Naruto. We've got, I mean, we got Shippuden, we've got DBZ, and we've got One Piece, all three of which have hundreds of episodes. So, uh, you know, do we want to have a fourth show that's got hundreds of episodes? Because then that's what Tsunami is going to be for the next several years. And um, is that good for us? Is that bad for us? I don't know. But I personally kind of like the mix that's in there now. Um, so I love Yu Yu Hakusho, and I have no doubt it would probably do as well as, eh, I mean, I don't think it would do as well as DBZ would because nothing seems to do as well as DBZ, but <laughs> That's I, sure. I, I bet it would do as well as One Piece, maybe close. I don't know. Uh, it would be a worthy experiment if we had more money and we had more, you know, airtime, but we don't. So I would say before Yu Yu, I would show Outlaw Star because it's a shorter series right. and it would, and it, you know, it would be six months instead of, five years and and bouncing off of that um another question that's been on a lot of tsunami faithful's minds is being that this is now a three and a half hour block is there the possibility that this could expand back out a little bit more we're not saying like go back to the six sure. hours for the back but i mean, i i think anything's possible i i don't i i think i think yeah it's definitely possible i mean the network is going to do whatever they think people are going to watch if Toonami tomorrow started just blowing the doors off, they would be like, okay, yeah, let's expand it. I mean, the thing people always, uh, always, it's not, these decisions are made pre predominantly, their ratings are the main factor. There's other factors, which is how much does a show cost? How many runs of it do we have? Right. You know, there's all kinds of other stuff, but ratings are still the number one decision. So if Toonami is doing really well and people are watching it, and uh, people aren't watching King of the Hill or, you know, whatever's running in the back hours, then they're going to consider changing it up again. Um, and by the same token, you know, everyone asking me, is Toonami going to be canceled? Please tell me it's not. Like, I can't tell you that. Like, Toonami's, you know, no one has talked to us and said Toonami's going to be canceled. We've been reassured Toonami's not going anywhere. So I, I, I don't, we're not in any danger of cancellation, but we are a TV show. TV shows eventually end We've already ended once, and at some point, Tsunami will end again. And the only thing that makes it end is people not watching it. So if people want it to stay or grow, then we just need them to watch our show. <laughs> you know? well, it, and, and and I don't blame them for having these questions, and I don't blame them for worrying because we did go off the air before, and it was due to neglect. But listen, this is not due to neglect. This is due to the fact that you can't reasonably expect the network to pay lots of money in the hours in which the least amount of people that watch television all week are watching television. Right. And we, did, we actually put forth an amazing effort. We lasted for several years on fumes and leftovers, and Tsunami fans are so amazing that they kept it going. But eventually you know, it just eventually loses steam when you're showing the same stuff. And I don't really blame the network for wanting to change it. And I don't blame fans for being fed up and not wanting to watch it because, you know, it's a hell of a thing to ask somebody to watch the same show they've seen four or five times at four in the morning. And the people who did do it, I love them and I respect that they would do that. But I also feel like, look, now you can go to bed. 
No, now you know. Now you can go to bed at three thirty when you wanted to go to bed for years. <laughs> you can all you know? get more sleep. Sleep is yeah, not for we, the weak; it's for the sensible. Yeah, we can all. We, yeah, we can all put down our Mountain Dews and like go to bed at three thirty in the morning. And I actually, I'm, and and like I said before, I'm not being flippant at all. I took it all very seriously. But it, it, this is, this is, I think, a good thing. I really do. Um, you know, I might be crazy, but I've seen, I've, I've made a lot of tsunami over a lot of years, and I think this is a good decision. And I was not upset by it. I was upset that it happened so last minute, and that we didn't have more of a chance to warn people, and that people who are watching shows couldn't have their arcs wrapped up. And like, I was, I was annoyed that viewers would be like, "What the hell? I was watching this," you know, even. Even if it's only a small percentage of overall viewers of Tsunami, I always want to make sure that I hate when, you know, you're watching a show and suddenly it's not on anymore. Like, that's the most frustrating thing. And I still hear from, like, Yu Yu Hakusho fans about how that show ended on Cartoon Network. And I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't blame them. Like, it's annoying when it ha- if it's preventable, it should be prevented. Right. But I just, you know, but this was not preventable from the network's point of view. And, um so that was actually the only part of this that I thought was a bummer. Um, and even then, like, you know, these shows have been around for years. They're everywhere. People can finish those stories if they really want to. And so it's like, ultimately, I, we all feel positive about this, believe it or not. I know it sounds crazy. Right. Boy, Yu Yu Hakusho was one of those cases where it seemed like they just didn't even remember that they had it. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, Cartoon Network's been over the years just as guilty as some of those other networks I joked about not caring, you know, you, you know, it's, 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 it's a, you know, human beings run these things and they don't always think about the fan and they don't always think about the, you know, the long-term effects of a decision, because honestly, sometimes when you have to make a decision at a network, there's a lot of factors they can't, you will never know all the factors that went into the decision because they can't explain them all because that's just, it wouldn't necessarily help or change anybody's mind. They just got to do it. So it's like, yeah, things happen. Like our shows getting yanked and uh, what happened to you? And they're not, you know, they're not great, but I think every network does that. Like every single network has some decision that fans of some show are like, Oh, how could you do this to us? You know? And like, ultimately, networks are just they're not perfect <laughs> you know do you get the impression that when a when a show goes uh, off the air even for a week that people just assume it's not ever going to air again i mean i think people assume that just naturally i think they assume well that's it for that show and you know it's just it's almost never the case um because usually deals are not made where it's like, well, we'll stop bearing it. And then the deal's done. You know I mean? That's not usually how it works. Usually you have a deal and the deal is made for years. And so you can run it again. It's just whether or not it's going to do better than something else. You know, it's always down to what is going to do best in a certain time frame. Right. And, you know, Toonami has been competitive in our time slot for week after week after week until the last couple of weeks. And the network has actually done a lot to help us by giving us better lead-ins now and by, you know, lopping off that back half that was sort of dragging us down. And then, you know, my hope is we continue to still kick butt in our uh, now shortened form. 
Well, I, I can I could definitely see from the ratings for the last two weeks because we kind of got the initial for last weekend. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of see it's it's coming back. <laughs> it's definitely coming back. It's positive. Look, I won't. You know, like again, it's not. I wish I could say X is going to be this way for with 100% certainty, but I don't know. You know, honestly, I work there and I don't know any much more than you guys do. Right. Believe it or not, because it's all about decisions that happen above my pay grade and or that, you know, ratings and neither of which I can, I can affect somewhat, but I can't really control either one. So it's possible there will be more changes, but I don't, I haven't heard about any and I don't, and I don't, if we keep doing well the way we're doing, I don't envision much changing other than we have new shows coming, you know, and I can't talk about those yet, but we have new stuff and it's going to be good. And I think people well, some people will like it. You know, I don't think we've ever shown anything that 100% of everyone loved, but that's Toonami. <laughs> Can't win them all. The beauty of Toonami. Yeah, that's <laughs> the beauty of Toonami. We never win them all. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Now, if if I could ask one thing. Um, I noticed on ask.fm, your, your ask.fm, yeah. um, you had answered this question, and actually Soulful Chris um, alluded me to this. Um, you had said that and I think there was kind of when when the the adult stream swim uh, online stream came out first, there was kind mm-hmm. of confusion about you know how much that would count, how much that doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you had answered that you know anybody that's watching Toonami while they're watching the the online stream, whether on app or on on the computer, you know yeah. it counts. Um, would you in would you want to encourage people to do that more than actually watching it like off of their cable, or do you think that both i mean yeah no for me for me it's like watch tsunami wherever you can watch it whenever you can watch it if you can dvr it great if you can watch it live on tv great if you can stream it on your phone or your ipad that's great just watch it every week in some place at some point and tell your friends to do the same and help trend it on twitter it's the aggregate of all of that together that's going to help tsunami do better it's like it's not just any one thing. It's not that streaming is better because uh, it's not. Uh, it's just that it's it's more easily quantifiable than television. I mean, the Nielsen system, as you guys know, is based on a percentage of watchers in Nielsen homes. And if you're not in a Nielsen home, you're simply considered to be one of a particular demographic by age, by you know ethnic ethnicity and by geography that the other Nielsen homes in your area are going to represent you. It's not an exact science. It's based on percentages and it's based on extrapolation. It's kind of crazy that it even became the standard, but that's, that's the Nielsen system. And that's what all of television has agreed to, you know, mutually use as our measurement standard. And so for us, what I just always tell people is, Watch it however you can and tell other people to watch it, and that bleeds over, and eventually that gets to Nielsen Home. Like, it, that's how any hit show becomes a hit show. Um, so however people can get it, they can get it in all kinds of different places, in all kinds of different ways. Do that. Don't, don't BitTorrent. Don't go stream the shows later from, you know, a different streaming service. Don't go watch them on, you know, uh, Netflix, like watch Toonami, either DVR it, watch it live or stream it, and you will be helping Toonami, if that's what you're interested in doing. <laughs> oh, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that are. 
definitely it shows definitely in the at least in the last few weeks it definitely shows that people are coming back. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think so. I hope so, and I hope Kill a Kill brings back a bunch of people too. I'll let Sketch ask a couple other questions because I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you've got I a lost my opportunity to kind of jump right into a good segue on this one, but since you you mentioned uh, the way deals work with with TV shows, Matt Cartelli, uh, a uh, editor for uh, the website, he was wondering if you lost any of the rights for the shows that were going off the air with the recent cutback. No, we haven't. Um, you know, we may. I don't know the status of any of those deals, but them going off the air had nothing to do with losing rights. And I think we'll have the rights to Ghost in the Shell forever. I'm not. I'm not positive, but you know, we co-funded the show, so I think for all intents and purposes, we can run that till the end of time. And uh, I, we haven't lost IGPX, um, and uh, we haven't lost Samurai Jack. Uh, to my knowledge, anyway. Like I said, to my knowledge, no, we haven't lost any of those shows. I think the one that most people are concerned about is Bleach, because that kind of seemed like a maybe limited time kind of rerun. Yeah, Bleach Bleach is some, some, it's, you know, we have it for a while, but not forever. I mean, eventually Bleach will go away, and eventually, you know, Bleach even reruns well. Bleach is just one of those shows that's like a workhorse. It just always has done well consistently for years and years. You know, as much as people talk trash about Bleach on the Internet, there's a whole group of just regular viewers with their butts and seats who love them some Bleach. Yep. And so and so do we for that reason. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's fair. You know, we have Bleach as part of our agreement for a while. I don't know how long, I don't know when it goes away, but I'm also not that worried about it. You know, I mean, we've, we've run bleach from beginning to end, which is, uh, I'm amazed that that happened considering how many episodes and for how long it was on television. That's incredible to me. Um, that Since might be 2006. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the longest sustained run of any anime from beginning to end over a period of time in television, but I can't think of a show that lasted that many years that ran from beginning to end in a straight line like that. I mean, there were some stop gaps where they had to, where the dub had to catch up, but in general, it pretty much ran from beginning to end without going backwards, without being canceled, without having to switch networks. It literally was like from beginning to end, which is just bananas to me. Another question from Matt uh, regarding the 3 a.m. slot. So you have plans for the 3 a.m. slot. You're you're not really uh, concerned about it necessarily going away soon, but that's obviously one of those things that you know it's a wait and see kind of thing. But uh, so Dead Man's in there now. Is is that possibly going to be a rerun slot? Will there be new shows in that slot? Um, I think several options are being discussed, but no definitive answer for you there. I mean, my goal is to have the entire 12 to 3 a.m. be either premieres or something that hasn't been on for a long time, rotating back in and getting a shot. And I mean, uh, by a long time, I mean not a couple months. I mean like Dead Man, like a long time. Um, but nothing's been decided yet. Oh, if I, if I can follow up with another question. Um what about something that was on Adult Swim Action but wasn't on Toonami? Could we see something like that? Um, it depends because, you know, frankly, there's some shows on Adult Swim Action that I didn't like, and we got to like whatever we put in Toonami. So 
I well, won't, I, I, you know, it depends on the show. Um, well, I think more what I'm what I'm more targeting is something like um, Samurai and Champloon. Oh well, no, those shows are those shows we don't have the rights to anymore. Um, right. We would have we would have to go back and acquire those rights and pay money for them. And once we're going and paying money for something again, we're going to look for newer stuff than that. Okay. Um, not to say that that's not a possibility because it always is. And then I like that show. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Yeah. I figured you liked that show. What's and then not that like? Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, that that would be one that you know I would really like to have on Tsunami, but um, it's just all down to you know what makes sense. Mm. Uh, Matt, uh, other question involves uh, Discotech recently picking up IGPX and building a catalog. So he was wondering if you guys are maybe talking to Discotech about getting shows. We uh, have not had great discussions with Discotech thus far. Um, so many of the shows they're getting, they only have the rights to put them out on home video. They do not have the television rights. So them mm. them picking up those rights doesn't necessarily help it get to TV. So it's sort of like even though they're getting to put it out, they aren't able to help us get it on TV. And what they're doing is not necessarily – uh, like basically it in some some cases it doesn't matter it's good for the show and maybe eventually it will lead to it being on tv but so far nothing's happened and as far as igpx discotech uh hasn't talked to any of us at uh cartoon network directly at all so i know nothing about the igpx uh re-release other than what i've been what I was told when I first heard it was happening, which was just, Hey, would you guys give your permission? And I was like, yeah, of course. And that's, that's the extent I know of the IGPX release. <laughs> so kind of along those with- lines, uh, say yeah. right stuff, they got all those Gundam shows, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. No, it doesn't. Um, we um, are, we, we continue to pursue, trying to get a Gundam show and we will continue to pursue trying to get a Gundam show because we love Gundam. But again, uh, so far it has been very hard and I'm not sure why, but I, you know, I don't have enough information to even know. I just know <laughs> that I just know that we have had a very hard time. Uh, I think Bandai and Bandai America kind of falling apart was a big blow for the representation of Sunrise projects in the U.S. Uh, And I think Sunrise so far seems very interested in serving their local market and not as much with the global market. And I don't know if that's a long-term strategy or a short-term strategy. I don't know anything. None of us really know, unfortunately. We, uh, you know, everyone we used to work with and used to know, they're mostly gone. And so we would need somebody to reach out to us or help us start the conversation because those conversations thus far have not borne fruit, Mm. but they know we're interested. They know we're interested. So I guess that's all you can ask. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I don't have any definitive news, unfortunately, but just know that if ever there's a shot to play Gundam and they don't want to charge us an arm and a leg, then Gundam is the show I would most like, (laughs) Any Gundam show is a show I would most like to see back on Toonami. Me personally. Now, obviously, 
other members of the crew. Like it's an aggregate. We all decide things somewhat together, but, uh, you know, Gil and I love Gundam with all of our heart and soul. So we would want Gundam back. A general block related question from Arthur Mesa. Uh, how does the crew decide on which tracks to put into bumps and intros? Good question, Arthur Mesa. Uh, well, what we, what happens is I provide all the music. So I make deals with my friends at Warp, my friends at Ghostly, my friends at Hyperdub, my friends at Now Again, you know, the different labels we work with. I'm the one who also talks to individual artists like Clams Casino or Flying Lotus or whoever it happens to be about getting individual beats or Chris DeVoe or uh, Ben Lovett, you know, um, and commission beats from them. And I'm the one that approves those beats. So I give all the music to the editors and week to week, the editors pick all the music themselves. So they have access to the library and they run those, they, whatever they're cutting is run by Gil and myself. And if I want music changed, I will tell them, but it's usually promos that I focus on or game reviews where I really say, no, you got to put new music in. I don't like this track where I say, Hey, I have the perfect track for this one. You know, why don't you use this? Um, but usually Johnny and Sarah are such amazing editors that they know, and they've been working on Tsunami for so long that we sort of have a, we're on a, a brain, you know, we're on a wavelength. So they know what I'm not going to like, and they know what I'm going to like, and they know that I'm the one who's going to be picky about music because they know that Gil's just going to say, well, if Jason likes the music, leave it be. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm such a picky bastard about it that they just are like, oh, God. Um, so they, you know, but I'm the, I'm the person that gets it, and they're the people that individually pick it. And sometimes pick the music for the promos. I mean, Johnny picked that track for the Kill a Kill promo, and I thought that was a great a great track but then sometimes like we got all the death grips music from their latest album i give that to the editors and say okay start using this in something or here why don't you use this in next week's game review or you know whatever we're working on so it's sort of it's it's really the team um working together speaking speaking of promos um you had said recently that you guys were trying to get away from having an announcer um mm -hmm. promos and everything Will yep. we? I know you said that we're, you're trying to get away from it, but will we still see it every once in a while? Uh, I think every once in a while, but I think now it's going to be like more of a thematic thing, like when it makes sense. You know, like I think, um, you know, I think sometimes like um, with Dandy, you know, that kind of show, like that makes kind of makes sense. But with uh, a show like Kill a Kill, it just felt like mm, this doesn't need an announcer. I mean, really, the modern, if you look at any movie trailer nowadays, they don't have voiceover ever anymore. They, I noticed about five years ago, or maybe even earlier than that, when they started phasing out voiceover. And now it's industry standard. And even in TV promos, there's only usually going to be voiceover there may be something setting it up and there may be something at the end telling you when the show's on, but it's not as common as it used to be where an announcer is telling you the plot of the show. And for me, I had kind of, I, I knew that we, we were already sort of thinking about moving away from it. And for me, what I did with attack on Titan, that promo was for me, I wanted to do a throwback promo for attack on Titan. I wanted it to feel like an old school tsunami show, but just, updated i wanted it to feel like that big deal like 
show. And I don't know if I failed or if it's just that audiences are different, but I was personally surprised at how many, and most of them were not Toonami watchers, but I was surprised at how many negative reactions I saw to the Attack on Titan promo because that show had a built-in fan base of people who already loved it. And a lot of the younger viewers in particular just thought it was cheesy. Like they were like, what is this stupid old man explaining the story? This is so dumb. Like it took them right out of it. And I mean, I like Toonami to feel like old Toonami in some ways, but I also think feel like it's really important to not have it hermetically sealed in the 90s or the early 2000s because it has to grow if it's going to keep... The reason Toonami has survived as long as it has is because it keeps growing and changing, even if it's just slightly. I think it's important for us to continue trying to change things. And this is fairly minor... And it also means that there's going to be less um, intellectual distance between, like, I don't want a cognitive dissonance for somebody that's a younger fan who's not really used to seeing big promos with voiceover. I don't want them to be like, why is this guy talking to me? I just want to hear what, you know, I just want to see the characters and learn what this is about. And modern movie trailers are teaching us all to experience promos that way and so we just need to reflect that reality that's the world we're in so i think for us you're going to see voiceover sometimes because it's a proud tsunami tradition but we're only going to do it where it sort of makes sense you know or we have a concept that we think plays well against it we're not going to do it anymore as like okay we're going to do our voice of god trailer our typical tsunami style like that's not going to be what we do anymore um because it just uh that style has been left behind and I don't want Tsunami to be looking backwards all the time. I don't think that's healthy for uh, us as a block in terms of our longevity. Well, I would say, I mean, personally for me, I actually thought the Attack on Titan promos were good. I actually thought it brought attention, a lot more attention to the show, especially when the ad wasn't playing during Tsunami. Like sometimes it does, but it doesn't, you know, for me, it, it, made sense to do attack on titan like that but one thing one thing i've kind of wondered and maybe you were trying to get away from this too is why haven't we had and maybe it's also steve's schedule why haven't we seen a lot more of maybe tom doing some promos um i think that's something we've always used sparingly because we want tom to be more of a character and not a voiceover and because steve it's very hard for Steve to do promo voiceover, but sound like Tom. And it's almost like one, when he's trying to be Tom, it's almost too casual. It's like, Hey guys, there's this crazy stuff happening. Check it out. Like, it's like, it doesn't, you know, usually you want to tell a story and tsunami shows are mostly action shows. So there's a lot at stake and you want to reflect those stakes because it's exciting. Right. And if you have a guy talking to you, who's sort of like just your bro, that just sort of removes a little bit of that. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's less immersive. So like, we've never used Steve much for the voice of God thing. Um, and not that he couldn't do it because his voice is absolutely incredible and he has incredible range and can do that if he wanted to do it and has done it before. But I think for us, when we have him be Tom, we want him to be Tom. And I, and we don't often feel like it makes sense to have Tom just being like, oh, my God, guys, Attack on Titan, Titan is such a cool show. Because then it's like he's got to be Tom all over the promo. And then so you're dealing with trying to explain a show to people and also trying to keep Tom in character as Tom. So it's like it's a little bit 
more delicate of a balance and one that I think is easier to screw up and just cross right over into corny zone. And we just want to avoid that. Mm. I did quite enjoy the uh, pirate voice One Piece promo. Right, yeah. And a, and a lot of people hated that. But that one we didn't care because we had a funny reason to do it and we thought it made sense and was in the spirit of One Piece, which is a fun show. And, I mean, it can be a serious show, but generally it's it's a fun show. And to us, it just made total sense. A lot of people thought it was super annoying and corny, but we didn't care about that one. That one didn't concern me. It's like, you know, it, if it makes sense and is and is amusing, then, you know, we feel really good about it. But we just we don't want to do anything that isn't connecting or might even hurt the chances of a show succeeding. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It does. Different shows require different kinds of promotion. Yeah, exactly. Spinning to a positive uh, conversation, which shows did particularly well for Toonami last year and which actually exceeded your expectations? Um, I, you know, Helsing did, at least part of the time. <laughs> <laughs> we were shocked by how well Helsing did. We're, we're, we were shocked by how well um, Yasha the final act did. Uh, we definitely were not expect- Attack on Titan had some, I mean, before the reruns in premieres, it had some just huge nights. So like we, it, it definitely met our expectations and then some, um, by the way, it, marathoning Attack on Titan, that was really good too. Yeah. I mean, you know, for us that that's why we thought maybe it could rerun because it was a, it, it's what we would consider a hit in that, in the, in its time slot for us, for Toonami and it did really well for Adult Swim in general. So we all hoped, though, that means it's going to rerun, but it just was one of those shows that people watched and they don't really want to sit down and watch again the way they do DBZ. Uh, or, I, I think or, part or, of or, that, or, it's, you know? it's one of those shows that, that people prefer to marathon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a binge-watching. It's perfect for binge-watching because it's completely, it's very well-constructed, to have a perfect series of cliffhanger moments happening at the end of every episode. Every episode of Attack on Titan, almost every single one ends with a, <gasps> you know, they, they do a really good job with keeping the suspense going and making you want to just immediately fire up another episode. So I can see how it would, you know, I, I could see how that might make it sort of not do as well in reruns. But yeah, I would say for us, uh, shows that did surprisingly well, were Helsing and, uh, you know, Inuyasha, the final act, and definitely Attack on Titan did better than we thought it would even. Hmm. And one last question for Matt, or more so, he would just like a demonstration of your lich laugh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't do one, but I, I'll tell you, in my head, I always imagine um, Vincent Price from Thriller. That to me is what I hear. I hear that ah, 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 ah you know, that Vincent yeah. Price laugh with the echo. That's that's what I hear when I hear the Lich laugh. <laughs> um, more in the higher register where he's almost done laughing and he's and it's not as deep. It's more like cackling. Um, if you listen to Thriller again, which I'm sure you've all heard a million times, at sort of towards the end of that laugh when he's running out of breath is I think the perfect Lich laugh. Hmm. And one last question, this one from Caboose Jr. 
would there be any chances of having different music tracks for the the blocks intro from time to time um you mean just like tom and sarah walking yeah. in yeah i mean i, I you know I, I definitely think uh that will change and i i mean you know i mean certainly it's going to change after the intruder ha 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 that's a rich laugh uh but it it, it 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 yeah it'll change now and again um why you got to tease us like that <laughs> i would i would actually like this may not even be possible but i i sure would like for that block intro to be just a little bit longer well we would love to do that but um it just means more animation. You know, what we would love to do is like the, the block intro we used to do forever ago. That was like a minute long, just huge, epic intro. Like that's what we want to do. And my hope, and I'm sharing this and probably shouldn't be, but my hope is that after Intruder 2, we will have an intro somewhat more like that. Um, but in the meantime, what we try to do is have an intro that's topical to the night and it's different every week. And at least is a little fun thing of Tom and Sarah talking. I agree it definitely does feel short, um, but right now we're all of our creation of new CGI elements kind of has to be put to Intruder. Um, were we not doing the Intruder, we probably would have changed that intro by now. But unfortunately, we only have so many man hours that we can be working or have our the guys that are doing our CGI working on it, and we want them focused on Intruder. Um, so, but I mean. Intruder is going to be an overhaul for the whole block by the time it's done. So in terms of packaging, in terms of look, and in terms of what you're seeing. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, thank you very, very much for yeah. sharing your time with us. Yes, thank you. My, my pleasure, and thank you, and thanks to everybody for the penetrating questions. And like I said, and I'll just say it one last time for everybody who might be worried us losing the back half in no way means tsunami is in any danger of cancellation. Uh, you know, I have no, I have no inkling that that's going to happen. And as long as people keep watching, we will keep bringing new shows and tsunami will continue for as long as we can possibly keep it going. We are not in any danger of, of, uh, of anything of the worst scenario happening. So please just keep watching, tell your friends to watch, We'll keep making new stuff. We're going to keep bringing in new shows and, you know, keep giving us the feedback because it's important. We love hearing as long as it's on the Tumblr, tsunami.tumblr.com and not my <laughs> Twitter account. We love hearing suggestions for shows, things we might have missed, important stuff like stuff being out of sync. All of those things allow us to make those changes that make Tsunami feel like a homegrown boutique block and that's what we want to keep doing and we rely on the fans to tell us things that we miss because we, there's only so many hours in the day and we're not going to catch any everything and I, there have been so many times where someone has sent us a tumblr message and said hey by the way this and this and this you might want to look into it and it's so great to have that feedback so thanks to everybody who does that thanks to guys like caboose who put our YouTube videos up. We love all of you. Thanks to you guys for doing this podcast and helping us continue to trend every week. That's going to be so important, especially going into Intruder and trying to keep getting sponsors. Like all of that stuff helps Tsunami be what it is and keep the momentum going. And that's what's ultimately going to help Tsunami survive going forward. 
Um, so thanks to everybody. Well, thank you, sir, for coming on. And we, we again, we appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to do so. Appreciate it. No problem. And uh, hopefully next time it'll be, um, I mean, I won't say this wasn't positive because I feel like it was, but hopefully next time I'll have lots more good news. By the way, if you're ready to announce something, you could always come on our podcast. On the next <laughs> <week. You know. laughs> I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Even though last time people spoiled it, but we'll, we'll do something to rectify it. Don't worry. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so just keep us in mind. <laughs> Will do. Will do. Um, all right. Well, I got to go. Thanks, guys. See ya. I'll talk to you later. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Jason DeMarco. I know we sure did. And remember, we are listening to you. So if you want to hear somebody on the podcast, and I, a couple of you have said, you know, I want this person on as an interview. I want this person on as an interview. I'm listening. Trust me. And I already have one person coming down. I'm not going to say who it is, but let's just say it'll be coming soon, hopefully. So keep telling us what you want to see, because just like Tsunami, we can't do things unless you tell us. So. But, as always, you can find Sketchware. You can find me at Sketch1984 on Twitter. You can uh, tumble with me on Tumblr, sketch1984.tumblr.com. And you can ask me questions on ask.fm backslash sketch1984. If you have any comments or suggestions for the podcast, please direct those to sketch at tsunamifaithful.com. And where can they find you, Paul? As always, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pescrolo. My last name is P-E-S-C-R-I-L-O. You can also find me on my ask.fm. It's ask.fm slash Paul Pescrolo. I love answering questions for you guys. I've actually been a little bit more logical, so hopefully I'm giving you better answers to your questions. And I'm also crushing trolls, so that's always happy and fun. <laughs> and um, also, I have an Instagram. It's instagram.com slash Paul Pascrillo. You can see a little bit behind what I'm doing in my personal life, you know, see my beautiful fiance and, you know, things that I'm doing outside of Toonami. So if you want to check out some pictures of that, go right ahead. But that's it for this exclusive. Again, let us know if you want to get, if you want other guests. Podcast at ToonamiFaithful.com is our email. Let us know what guests you want to see. And trust me, just like Toonami, we're always listening. But that's it for this exclusive. Peace. We're out.